The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Across the southeast, you're listening to Beat 102-103. It is that time of the month when we look back on May. Now, it's been quite the month. We've had the coronation. We've had deaths. We have had, gosh, it's hard to remember, Taylor Swift. <laughs> Always a bit of Taylor. Joining us this morning is Michelle Heffernan, as usual. And Good morning. Shona Lyons <laughs> from, from Beat Breakfast. Wrecking the place. Yeah, I know. Well, I've, br- I've, I've broken the mic. I don't know. Sorry. Yes. Good morning. I think you're here long <laughs> enough to realise how to use a no. mic. Orla, it's broken. Look, it's cracked in the middle. I didn't do that. It's just floppy. I'm sorry now, but Brian Griffin is in every week and he never makes the oh. mic floppy. Niall would be so much harder on you than we are being right now. <laughs> oh, I look. Like you're gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Now, welcome to That Was The Month That Was, May. As if you didn't know. Yes. This is where we like to discuss some of the goings on of the four weeks before us. And for the last couple of months, we've been discussing Taylor Swift a lot. Okay. Now, Michelle is a massive Tay-Tay fan. I, I take know. no hate for Taylor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do? Like, I, I'm not... I'm a staunch defender. I do. I, like, I sit beside Michelle in the office. So yes. I'm, I, I think it was one of the moments where I realised... All is not as it seems when I discovered how much of a fan she was. Because when the folk album came out, she was like, I listened to that 10 times over the weekend. And I said, I love Westlife and I've never listened to a Westlife album 10 times in a row. But you are. You're such a Swifty. I waxed lyrical the last time I was here about how Taylor has made me process emotions and feel things that I didn't know really? that I not yeah. and I remember saying this before and people just looking at me blankly and I was like if music isn't doing that to you you're listening to the wrong music okay it's does Westlife do that to you no <laughs> I, I, I don't listen to Westlife for that reason no. but I mean I know what you're saying like I mean it the power of it she's just an exquisite storyteller mm. um, and she will take you down roads that you'll just be like well I didn't need to know I I, I didn't know I needed to go there, Taylor, but thank you for taking me. And I now feel that I have processed something that only you could put words to. But sometimes you just listen to listen. No, you do that with pop music. And okay. I know that some people do that with her pop music. And look, I'm like all for I'll blast out, you know, bad blood. Mm. Or like with Westlife, you might be singing along and you're like, yes. It's therapy. But sometimes with Taylor and me, it's a special relationship and it is therapy. Well, she okay. has been described as a poet, the yes. poet of her generation. Yeah. So She's a go. wordsmith. I yes. don't think we're here to talk about no, the, the, the lyrics no. in her songs. No. Well, also poet. It's, hi, me. I'm the problem. It's me. Hmm. Anyway. Come back to me when you've listened to folklore. <laughs> okay. uh, ten times, Orla. Ten times in a row. Okay. Now, the reason that we're talking about Taylor is because last month we talked about her breaking up in her long-term relationship. This month, She's moved on to Matty Healy. I do mm-hmm. not blame her. There's something about Matty Healy just makes me say, oh, yes, We disagree, please. don't we? Oh, there we you go. We had this conversation. Honestly, I said this Love two him. days ago. I think, well, now and I have this conversation all the time because we have covered this a lot on Breakfast. Mm. The fact that she's moved on and he's been following her on the Eras mm. tour and he's been in the background hanging out with her dad. But I don't get the Matty Healy thing. I do. No. Okay, well, explain it to me then. I really want to know. Oh, just the confidence and the lackadaisical attitude. Do you not find him a little bit mm, almost too messy? No, I like messy. I like greasy. I like messy. (laughs) I think he's... it's it's I we we talked about how Joe Alwyn, obviously we don't know these men, but there was something very gentlemanly and almost statesmanly-like about him. As if he had the honour that she... 
actually it's merited. Funny. You say that because there was an uh, there was an article in one of the show American showbiz, and it was a, a picture of her coming out of studio with Matty Healy last week, and then they compared the picture with Joe. And when Joe came out, he was kind of protecting her, whereas when Matty came out, he let her walk first. And oh. so that's very um, okay. interesting. Now, uh, allegedly, they've been friends for years. Okay. Okay. And that's a lovely thing to have a friendship turn uh-huh. into a relationship. But I was talking about this with a friend last night, actually. We were on a little walk. And I was just like, I feel like he's he's not got his stuff together. You know? Is there something a little bit like... I like that, though. Do you? Yeah, I like... Joe was too... You think he was, he too, was too trying too to be too together. straight and narrow? He was the gentleman. And yeah. like you said, um, you know, he was a, of a different English ilk, I think, okay. Joe Alwyn. Whereas I like the... Matty's the playful kind of... Yeah, playful. His parents are, you know, two well-known, not particularly high-end actors. You know, just real... Good He's just stock. a guy, a boy about town. Yeah, just, just a normal stock. guy. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't get the appeal of Matty Healy no. and why people are so into the 1975. Like, I mean, even Killian yeah. is like a massive, massive uh, Matty yeah. fan. And like, he has the t-shirts. He's like a proper, like, yeah. I don't know, whatever you call it. Like, he just loves them. I, I don't. I, Killian they're... loves the 1975 more than I love Taylor Swift. Like, <laughs> we should have is that here. possible? If you, get a, <laughs> if you get a chance, watch the Matty Healy interview on you. Chicken Shop Date on YouTube. Mm. Yes, I've seen it. Oh, yes, I really loved him. From Do that. you? Yeah, loved I'm. Him. I'm really. I'm. I'm more surprised by you loving Maddie Healy than I am by Same. Michelle loving Taylor Swift. Do you not think right. he's a bit arrogant? I like arrogance. Oh, like that. Like really? that. Yeah. I would okay. rather that than a nice gentleman. <laughs> okay. I'd, I'd love a gentleman. I'd like a Joe. Open so the door for me. Make me a cup of tea in the yeah. morning. Yeah. There you go, Tom. All the hints. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, we were going to talk about Taylor moving on very quickly, but so what? Look, I said this before. If you're one of the most beautiful, successful women in the world and you're mixing with all of these other mm. celebrities, how could you not... How could sparks not fly? And yeah. also, how do we even know that she's moved on so quickly? I no. find this whole like speculation about when they broke up and when the relationship. Yeah. We have no, no idea. We, don't. No we really don't. Lewis Capaldi we... actually posted a really funny video on that where he was just shaking his head and just ripping his hair out, being like people commenting online about Taylor and Matty <laughs> as if, what do you know? Yeah, I know. you know, because no one can comment on a relationship yeah. except the two people in it. No, and like, there's nothing to even at this point. Okay, they're all been they're being linked or whatever, but like maybe they are just mates. Weren't you talking about? that on your show yeah, on maybe, Thursday or maybe it's just a shoulder to cry on or maybe yeah. it's just support for her next I know but it is the journey. whole you know it's generations you know hundreds of years of gossip you know yeah. someone fall, someone breaks up moves on really quickly people love to talk about that yeah, absolutely, you know yeah. you know, and it is a bit of a kick for and Pearl and allegedly her his ex found out like, Matty's or Joe's Matty's, Matty's oh, ex found she's, out um, oh yes it I was that oh, they're saying that he ghosted her no. no she was a model okay um, Meredith I think is her name yeah, it Meredith Mickelson and um, allegedly they were together in February and March and he was meeting up with Taylor recording with her at the studio then coming home to the girlfriend <gasps> she had Matty. no idea she had Terrible. no idea yeah and then okay. suddenly got ghosted and a month later he goes public with Taylor okay. Swift yeah. who knows who knows and uh, obviously uh, Mashi didn't go out with a little mix a person <laughs> from little mix it was actually another loose woman Colleen Nolan oh so. okay Everything goes back to loose women on ITV, obviously. This is the most pointless and random piece of information I'll ever give you. His name is Jake. 
He's Jake. Colleen's son is called Jake. Yeah. And he went out with... Um, with Jesse Nelson. Jesse. You're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Okay. That was pointless. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> now, we had three things to talk about. One of them... Uh, let's Let's just talk communions okay? okay and May in Ireland is the month of communions and who better than Shona it's almost like this was meant to be Shona <laughs> to talk about communions who is the the woman who experienced a communion mm-hmm. not her own obviously um, a couple of weeks ago I was at three communions the week before last well, you will get to a stage of your life where you're going to communions I think it really only happens for about two or three years that your friends it's like are you go through that phase of weddings I'm at the phase of weddings and christenings yeah, yeah. there yeah. you go in about seven years you'll be going to the communions, communions. Yeah. yeah say no I won't have more cake oh I won't go on the bites of castle and then three hours later there you are <laughs> Yeah, all of those things. Yeah, yeah. What but, do you want to ask me? Well, none of those things talked about <laughs> the actual First Holy Communion because we don't talk about it. It's as if we brush it aside for dresses, uh, bouncy castles, okay. you know, all the things that are expected. And we forget about myself and my friend that I went to school with. We talked about how seriously we took our First Holy Communion when we were seven. Did you take yours seriously? Like I made little First Holy Communions out of paper and wrapped them in cling film and made my classmates practice taking the First Holy Communion. I remember (laughs) practicing. How unhygienic. (laughs) We used to flatten the sliced pan. (laughs) (laughs) Or wafer from the ice cream cones. I took it so seriously. I mean, I'm going to speak for everyone when I say I really just remember, you know, that I didn't get a lot of money and a lot of people got oh. more money and I think I got about 90 pounds okay yeah I got about that's 70 a, pounds but that's yeah. a lot of money no but other people got like broke the okay. 100 yeah. barrier I mean okay. I will uh, like that's definitely a conversation that um, we had but it was more no look it was more I think focused on the religious side of it yes I definitely was doing I'd say a reading and you know my granny was there yeah and it was kind of like I had to be pious for her uh-huh. and then we had to have dinner with my granny and that mm. was it yeah you know now that, there's so much to unpack with communions everything from you you know, its effect on climate change. Like I, as I said, I was at three communions. Every single outfit had been taken off after the mass. Yeah. You know how much money we spend on these, and how how long did Eve do you think wear her dress for? So what time did we go to the church at 11? 11. And I'd say, now, in fairness to her, it was the hottest day of the year so far. (laughs) It was something like 23 degrees in my parents' back garden. People were melting. Leave it on. Uh, And there was loads of people that hadn't, like, seen her at the church, obviously. Mm. So we're arriving to the house. So I'd say three o'clock. So what's that? Four hours. But I will be making her wear that dress again. (laughs) That's the thing. It can be her future children's christening gown. Well, it's beautiful. It like I don't just so expensive. My sister had to wear my dress, and I think she was really upset about it that she wasn't getting her own dress. Mm. And my mother was like, "You're absolutely not." Mm-hmm. No, and dress. I hope as well. And I don't know if you would say the same when Hannah makes hers that like the dress that Eve got because I didn't have sisters or there was no mm. kind of hand me down. I hope that like my friend's daughter yeah. is going to wear it yeah. because I don't want her to just sit there. Look, as I said, it, there's so much to unpack when it comes to the communions, and it's a really fraught conversation because people get quite offended by mm. you know there's a, it's based on a, a, a moment in her religious lives but it's not anymore really to be quite honest about it look I think it's a beautiful thing to have rituals as a family and to celebrate mm. milestones in a child's life and that's what you get to do with communions and confirmations and the unfortunate thing is that there's no alternative mm. to that, you know, um, and because yeah. it's happening in the child's academic life and mm-hmm. they're so excited about it, 
you know, that the parents want to go along with this joyful occasion for the child and make it a joyful celebration mm. for the family. And of course, you know, you have to contrast that with, am I actually on board with the religious meaning of this? Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's a tricky one for parents to navigate mm. because they may not be comfortable with all parts of the religion, but they may be so you know, happy to have this chance to celebrate with yeah. their child. And something that we did ourselves. You know, yeah. you know, and I do think that there's there's pros and cons. Yeah, there really is. Um, it's over now. I think we're done and dusted with communions now. This weekend was the last this weekend, weekend of the it. Last yeah. weekend. Okay. Quite late as well. Yeah, but you look at like, in a way, isn't it lovely that the weather is so nice and yeah. people can lovely. Yeah. And celebrate it, outside? It'll become a core memory, obviously, for Eve as well. It's oh, one like, of my core memories. Even when I look back, not look back, it was two weeks ago. Oh, <laughs> I remember that day as if it was yesterday. Oh, no, wait. But even looking at the pictures, like my favourite picture is in mum and dad's garden because she's in it. My mum and dad are in yeah. it. I'm in it. Yeah. Tom's in it. And his parents are in yeah. it. I mean, like, That's you really know, that special. is like, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. that means everything. So all ahead you now, Michelle. Great. Five years time, maybe. Seven years time. Lots of communions. Lots of great food, though. And a bounce castle. The bounce castle is the new thing. I couldn't get over the amount of adults. And, like, oh, I, really? I don't know if I should say this, but my besties, I don't want to say what age she is. <laughs> she, yeah, she decided at the end of the evening that she was getting up on that yeah. bounce castle and yeah. nothing was going to stop her. Now, yeah. getting up on it was okay, but trying to get off it when you've got the fits of giggles oh, yeah. and yeah, you've been yeah. in the garden all day. Yeah, you exactly. get the, the burns from it when you slip on it and you kind of slide on the rubber? No, you're not working it properly. Okay. No. <laughs> you need to just bounce around. Yeah. so many innuendos I can make. Yeah, there, but exactly. I won't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we never spoke about Tina Turner. We yeah. didn't speak about the coronation. I more wanted to speak about Harry's like 12 hours in England, really. But look, that was May. Lots yeah. going on. I can't believe we're heading into June. Hopefully the weather stays the same. Thanks a million for joining us. Thanks, Arlene. That is Shona Lines from Beat Breakfast and Michelle Heffernan from Bring the Beat here yes. on Beat 102-103. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. You're listening to The Sunday Grill here on Beat 102-103. I am with you until 12 o'clock and we've been learning the life skill that is financial well-being thanks to Bank of Ireland over the last month. And our final finance feature, try saying that quickly, uh, we will talk to Bernard Walsh. He's the Head of Pensions and Investments. Now, before you think investments and pensions aren't for me, I'm too young or have no money. Bank of Ireland have carried out some interesting surveys on how people feel about investing and pensions, what we save for, what our fears are. So to explain everything from bitcoins to bonds, it is Bernard Walsh. You are very welcome to the Sunday Grill, Bernard. Thank you, Orla. Does the word Bitcoin put the fear of God in you, Bernard? It does a bit, yeah. It does a bit. I wish I understood it a bit more. We're a little bit obsessed, Um, aren't we? It's that kind of quick fix. it, it is that, it, but it's in the realm of, you know, more speculating than investing. That bothers me. I know people have made a lot of money from investing in Bitcoin. Early and I know on, I lost, presume. Yeah, and mm. people have lost an awful lot of money. Um, if you went in last year into, into Bitcoin, you really would have suffered some very, very severe losses. If you went into 1st of January this year, you'd have actually made quite a lot of money from it. So it's, but it, it's down to the question that I would say to people when they... Uh, when they're looking at investing money is, you know, do you understand it? Whether it's property yeah. or whether it's shares or whether it's Bitcoin, do you, do you understand it? Do you understand it enough to make a, 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 you know, a judgment call on it? And what is there to understand? Well, when it comes to investing, I suppose the idea is about, is linked to your goals. So what are you trying to achieve from it? And, you know, if we park the Bitcoin piece and just think, 
you know, people work hard to build up some money and they want to get their money working for them. So if you want to get your money working for you, will that come from leaving it on in your current account? It won't. Mm. In a deposit account, it won't really. Because there's always this little, what we call the silent thief, which is inflation. Yeah. And the silent thief eats away the value of what you have. It sneaks into your house and steals money from your wallet or your purse. Mm -hmm. So it is about getting your money to grow. So where does money come? Where does growth come from? It comes from assets. What we we call real assets like shares and bonds and property that over time generate a decent return for you. So it's okay. spreading your money around and using some professionals to help you to do that. That old chestnut property, Bernard. As Irish people, yeah. we kind of believe that that's the way to go, don't we? Buy a house, we, spe- spe- like sell it when we're in our 60s, be grand. <laughs> It, it it's great and you know last weekend John the field was on the television and mm. it just reminded me of so much of what we see you know yeah. in terms it, it hasn't changed it just hasn't changed we are obsessed with it Mark Twain said buy land they're not making it anymore um, you know and we, we all love uh, our bricks and mortar and it's got a role but when you look at the totality of what you have most of us our biggest financial asset is is your is your is your property now mm. it's also our home so we've got to separate that from the financial aspect of it but you all, mo- all of us have quite a degree of exposure to property already so when people want to get their money growing for them you know can you get do it in a way that can that it, the, the old phrase don't put all your eggs in one basket mm. and a lot of us do that when it comes to property now there are ways of doing it through different funds where you can get into a commercial property fund so rather you can spread your money around and instead of all residential property you've got commercial property it's an it's another way of doing it if you really want to what want property but you know when you say there that the, the the grand plan is to sell it at a point well What's the property market going to be like when okay. in six when you're 60 years of age mm-hmm. and you know when you if you need to sell it at that point it's not like like stock markets revalue and are open you know every day you know every business day you can get in and out quickly like when you sell a property you need your estate agent mm. your solicitor your you know you've got to advertise it it's not mm, as it's easy a slow process and yeah and dealing with chains of people and all the rest mm-hmm. of it too so quite I a think challenge personally for me when it comes to investing, which I don't do, Bernard, is that it's gone then. You know, I like having my little nest egg that if I need to go and get some money out of it, it's there for me. Yeah. Whereas when I think of investing, I think, well, that's I've had to commit to that going for five or 10 years or whatever, you know? Yeah, here's another way of looking at it is this is money you're going to get to spend at another time, but you're actually going to get, hopefully, to spend more money because it will grow. And it... it this is part of the process by where advice comes to play is that identify what you actually need. So we, when it comes to financial well-being, it, it's important to separate needs and wants. Uh, we all can want a lot, but what do we actually need? So what do you need day to day? What much you might you need for, let's say, things in addition, things like holidays or over the next few years, changing car and, and uh, things like that. But also allow some for an emergency fund. So that's for when things go go really badly wrong. And what's left over after that? I, I call that the investment money. So mm-hmm. that's a different pot of money to the the first two groups, which is the day-to-day spending and the, the what-if money. So this is money you, you, you don't need to access. But it, you, you, if you need to, most investment strategies allow you to take it out if you need okay. to. But we recommend it's a bit like planting something in the ground. Give it time to grow. 
And then when you've given it time to grow, then you it's it's about getting, you know, you know, watching it grow over time. And, you know, people who follow some of the cardinal rules of investing um, are usually very, very well rewarded from it over time. Okay. But, you know, there, there are some ups and downs along uh-huh. the way. And, and that's the bit that holds people back, uh-huh. you know, is the fear, the fear aspect. Now, what you said there about that extra bit of money, we don't have a lot of extra bits of money at the moment with the cost of living, do we? And I, I'm sure that has a detrimental effect on investing, especially if you're at a stage in your life when investing and pensions aren't necessarily something that you're thinking about. It, it, it pushes it down the lane a bit, doesn't it? It can do, but what I would say to you is Ireland is a, a nation of savers. If you look at any of the data that comes through from the central bank, we're saving more than we ever did before. And, you know, uh, we came through COVID where people weren't able to spend and they built up a lot of money. It was a little bit of a splurge after that. But overall, Irish people are good at putting money in the bank or the credit union or the post office. Um, so we're, we're good at saving. The point is, you know, can you be a saver and an investor? And in a lot of cases, you can. Um, so it is about saving for is that money that y- you might need to access in the short to medium term. And investing is about doing something similar, but, you know, giving it a better, you know, you know a, bit, a, bit, a bit more juice to help it grow over time. Okay. So, it, you know, it, it, we might all look and say, God, how could I possibly, you know, put some money into an investment? We have people who put money in from as little as 200 euros a month. And, you know, it is about getting, whether it's putting aside children's allowance or putting aside money, if... It is when if you start doing it, you would be absolutely amazed how quickly you don't notice, mm. you know, and some people we would say, you know, if people get a pay rise or something like that, that, you know, that extra bit of money, you know, do something productive with it mm. to to give you something in, into the future. And it, again, it's all connected to your goals. If one of your goals is I want my my money working for me or I want to purchase something in the future that's likely to probably go up in price. Well, you need your money growing. Okay. Let's talk about um, this survey that was carried out by Bank of Ireland and some interesting results from it. Um, Notably that men claim to have more investment knowledge than women. And in fact, it's nearly three times the men saying they have more knowledge than women at 33% of men and only 13% women. I think the interesting word or is the word claim. Mm -hmm. And... um, so you know, I suppose, is it overconfidence on one side and maybe lack of confidence on the other side? Overall, all of the financial well-being work that Bank of Ireland has been doing is pointing at, you know, challenges in relation to our overall financial literacy. And that is, we have a way to go. And what I find with people is if they if they build their knowledge over time, it can really help them to make better decisions and they understand them and they worry a little bit less as well about their finances once they have that extra bit of knowledge. And that's why, you know, we produced a guide that explains investing in a very simple way. And we've a lot of other resources. And again, it's on bankfireland.com forward slash invested. Um, and really easy to read stuff that can mm-hmm. help you in that regard. Do men know more about investments than women? I don't really think so. Um, <laughs> but I suppose, they, you know, if you were to look in, in many households, you know, where... You know, if you've got a husband and wife there, it's often the wife who controls the mm. family finances True. and has a better handle handle on them uh, in, in, in many households. But um, it's hard to generalize about these things. But I do think um, maybe do men have more conversations about things like the stock markets than women? I'm not sure. But they, there's the resources are there available 
for for everybody, mm-hmm. uh, irrespective of gender. And those resources, are, like you said, are also available on your website, bankofireland.com forward slash invested. And that's where you'll find registration details for a webinar that you're carrying out this coming Wednesday, the 31st of May at 10 a.m. And this is a great one, I'd say, for many people listening this morning. And it's smart ways to pay for your kids education I think no matter what age your child is or what you're hoping they'll do in the future it is how are you going to pay for that so this is an interesting one it it absolutely is and I'm a parent myself and you know the costs of putting kids through education are huge and if you think about it how are you going to pay for that is it are you going to pay it out of your day-to-day say you know what what, any surplus money you have on a day-to-day basis or can you plan for it and planning for it certainly is is a way of doing the heavy lifting and if you want to put some sort of a savings plan in in place a key ingredient in the overall mix is growth and getting your money growing for you so what we're going to do on, on the webinar next wednesday and it's free for anybody who wants to attend is Talk you through, we've got uh, Laura Erskine, who's a parenting expert, uh, very well known from Mummy Pages and so on, a regular commentator in the media. She's going to talk about the kind of the key issues that people face when, you know, they looking at, uh, you know, putting their kids through through education. And then Yvonne Donlan, a colleague of mine, is going to talk about, you know, the finances around that. So how do you actually put a financial plan in place to support your ambitions about, you know, giving your kids the, the best opportunity? Mm-hmm. And, you know, how do you assess what, what people can afford? Mm-hmm. And then what kind of investment journey do they want over that time? So we're going to cover all of that. And hopefully we've over 2000 people registered for it already. So it's a a big audience and I'm sure we'll get a lot of questions in. And uh, again, the same website, bankofireland.com forward slash invested has all of the details about how to register for that. So we'd be delighted if your listeners want to to join. And if you can't listen to us live, uh, the good news is we'll have a playback available within a day or two, along with the playbacks from our previous webinars as well, which, you know, will give you a bit of an introduction to investing overall. And then looking at what's going on in the world today, we've one called uh, how many eggs in which basket. So just giving you an idea of, you know, the old phrase, don't put all your eggs in one basket. How do we avoid that? And uh, how do we avoid some of the pitfalls in the world of investing too? Good stuff. Really interesting stuff as well. Bankofireland.com forward slash invested is that website. You do need to register for that webinar. Um, As Bernard said, already over 2000 people have registered. Smart ways to pay for your kids education. It's on this coming Wednesday at 10 a.m. Bernard, thank you so much for joining me this morning. That was Bernard Walsh, Head of Pensions and Investments at Bank of Ireland. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Five counties, one station. This is Beat 102 and 03 on a Sunday morning. And today is the day that Wexford Wellness, the charity event, is underway at the New Bay House Hotel. It's just outside Wexford Town. Started now. It's probably about half an hour underway and it's on until 5pm. It's all in aid of money raised for Wexford Marine Watch. And Suzanne Carrigan is the woman behind it. And she joins me on this very busy day to tell us more. Hi, Suzanne. Hi Orla, how are you? Very well, thank you. We won't take up too much of your time because I'm sure um, there's lots going on because we talked to you last year and this seems even bigger than ever with classes, workshops, treatments, everything happening happening at the New Bay. Um, what are you looking forward to today? 
oh, today is just so amazing. We're just so happy that um, everything has gone to plan and the weather is great. The classes are going to take place now. They're just about to start at 10.30. Um, so this morning we've had our cacao circle. Everybody is here. Everybody's in high spirits. We have something cool this year. We have an ice bath and we have a sauna with us this year. Lovely. And we also have the crazy vegetable food truck is here. So it feels real festival feels here at the moment. And um, all the classes are out in the garden. And then we have all these beautiful treatments that are going on inside as well as workshops. Good stuff. And one of those workshops is an air fryer demo. The buzzword of 2023. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. We have an air fryer demo going on that's in the middle of the day and we also have some foraging, which is quite cool. So summer foraging, so you can go out into your garden and pick some bits and pieces and add them into your dishes. Brilliant stuff. Um, last year, I think you were one of the first people I heard saying you were having a cacao ceremony. Are you doing that again this year? We are indeed. So the day started off with our cacao ceremony. That started, we opened the whole day with it. So it's a lovely grounding meditation mm-hmm. and um, it just really opens up the heart space. So it brings everybody into the that space where they're going to be able to just completely relax and enjoy the day and come into themselves. And it's a day for a person on their own, not necessarily. It's lovely to meet up with friends. But I do recommend anybody who does come, have your schedule, go to your own workshops that you're interested in and go to the classes and have the treatments that you would like to go for rather than following along in a crowd. Really just make it a day of self-care for you. Okay, lovely. And as we said, it has started, but it's on until five o'clock today. So if you're near and you fancy heading down, there is so much going on. Um, You're asking people to bring a reusable water bottle, a yoga mat, a blanket, um, anything else they need to use? Uh, oh, and a dry robe if they're using the ice bath. Yeah. Now, the ice bath is out the front of the hotel, so okay. there is a little bit of privacy there. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to strip off into togs, but um, if you want to bring a change of clothes, if you're fancy a dip. Okay, good stuff. And obviously, if you want to get into the sauna as well, a swimsuit should be a good idea for that too. It's all in aid of Relay for Life and the Wexford Marine Watch too. And you have a busy day ahead of you, Suzanne. Yeah, absolutely. And um, if anybody wants to, you can head over to wexfordwellness.ie and just um, if anybody is going to travel to come to it, just make sure there's still tickets available. So I would recommend pick up a ticket online first before heading over just to avoid disappointment in case we end up fully booked today. Okay, good stuff. That is wexfordwellness.ie. So much going on and the perfect day for today at New Bay House Hotel just outside Wexford Town. And if you want to book a ticket, do do that before you head over there. And that website as well is where you have all the details of the classes, the workshops and all the treatments that are happening today. Best of luck with it, Suzanne. Thanks a million for talking to me this morning. Thank you so much. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. This year marks the 225th anniversary of the 1798 Rebellion. If you're from Wexford like me, you'll be fully up on the Rebellion and the role of Vinegar Hill, the Pikemen, etc. Well, Ireland's history and heritage of 1798 is being remembered with a series of free events in Enniscorthy. And it's all happening now until the 21st of June with a very special day happening on Rebellion Day. And that is June 18th. Um, to tell us more, Miko Hassett, the manager of the 1798 Rebellion Centre in Enniscorthy, joins me this morning. You're very welcome, Miko. Hi there. Now, I have to tell you this, my claim to fame, that I am a descendant of Father Murphy of 1798. Not the more famous John one, but in fact, Michael Murphy. Very good. (laughs) I think lots of people can claim that, Miko, can't they? 
<laughs> it seems like uh, it's 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 a very large family at this point. <laughs> so disappointing. Now, when I was a child in Wexford, seventeen ninety eight was it? It wasn't just something that was taught to us. It was something that we were told lots of stories about. It is. It's very much part of Wexford's history and heritage, isn't it? It is, and as you can tell, I'm not I'm not native to Wexford, but um, I've been here since 2008, and it is a very important part of the history and culture of Wexford. As someone from, from who's not from Wexford, tell us how you came to realise that. What what was it? Something that was part of the storytelling when you arrived here first, or? Um, I guess I, I'm a bit of a of an avid tourist, so when I go to new places, I do like to discover what's around me. Um, and and Enniscorthy, shortly after I arrived, was having a big anniversary, um, and so it it kind of highlighted some of the history to me. And then, of course, uh, the seventh. 17- 98 Centre got a lot of press when it was nearly closed. So um, that and and then having Vinegar Hill just on the edge of town, um, it's it's an iconic landmark for the town. And I presume by now, you know, all the verses to Bula Vogue and things like that. <laughs> I'm not a good singer, so I won't get into that. I won't ask you to do that then, Miko. But for people who don't understand or haven't heard of 1798 how how would you sum it up what happened then um so basically there there i i'm not a historian so i um i come more from a cultural events background um so 1798 is important because there were battles across Wexford and the 1798 center highlights that as well as um, the ideals of the French Revolution and the American Revolution that inspired the United Irishmen um, to rise up. And that was very strong here in Wexford, but also in Mayo and in, there were battles in Antrim. Um, so it was something that was fairly widespread. Mm-hmm. Enniscorthy very much was the epicentre of the 1798 rebellion and Vinegar Hill obviously is an iconic part for and the battles and where the pikemen go every, every year. It's quite the sight to see these men in the 21st century dressed as pikemen, isn't it? Yes, our, our Enniscorthy Reenactment Society is, um, they're amazing and they come to so many of our events and and bring the history to life. So it really inspires people and makes them feel that personal connection to the past. Now, lots of things happening, which um, all kicked off on May 26th and then it continues until the 21st of June and a very big day on June 18th, which is being called Rebellion Day. All the events are free for for the younger audience. What do you have if people are, you know, kids up until their 20s and 30s? What have you got on offer for them? So Rebellion Day will be great because it starts in the morning at 10 a.m. with a reenactment of the battle for Enniscorthy Bridge. Um, So the reenactors are coming from far and wide to do that for us and the public are invited to watch. Um, And then they will march up to the National 1798 Rebellion Center and set up a rebel camp. And along with that, we have a blacksmith who will be here 
creating a replica pike and talking about the process of uh, blacksmithing, which was so very important during 1798. And then we will have music during the day, some weapons displays, and there will be food and um, craft stalls, traditional craft stalls. And then um, the centre will be open for visitors as well. Lovely stuff. And the all important food, as you said. Yeah. And it's Father's Day, so it's a great family day out. We did it last year and we had a few hundred people come out for the day. We're hoping for even more this year. Um, so as long as we get the weather for it, it's it's a really nice way to spend the day to remember the history, um, but also enjoy the day out. Brilliant. And that all kicks off at 10 a.m. on June 18th at Enniscorthy Bridge, as you said, and then 12 o'clock until 4 p.m. at the 1798 Centre in Enniscorthy. That's where the Rest of Rebellion Day takes place. It's Meet the Blacksmiths, Enjoy Demonstrations, Craft Stalls and lots of stuff going on. Then on June 21st, which is the longest day of the year at 6 p.m., you have the longest day commemoration and that happens in Vinegar Hill. What happens then, Miko? So this happens every year mm. and it's done in in coordination with the Enniscorthy Muni- Municipal District um, and we have uh, poems and music and speeches um, and it's a lovely commemoration in the evening. The longest day um, gives us the best of the evening mm-hmm. light and it's it's quite a poignant event we lay wreaths and the reenactors will be there we um usually have a bit of music um so a piper or a a trumpet player so we're still working on all the details um but it's a lovely event and most years not a lot of public come and so we're really encouraging the public to come up and commemorate the day with um with the municipal district and all of the historians that will come. Um, it, it's usually a really nice evening. Good stuff. Lots going on for the 225th anniversary of the 1798 rebellion. And as I said, it, it is happening now. Like, for example, today, Sunday, the Battle of the Three Rocks are happening at Three Rocks in Barntown at 12.30 if you're around there. Um, there was a commemoration yesterday at Owlert Hill which is just gorgeous. What a lovely place to do stuff like that. And, you know, a very important part of 1798's history as well. So you've everything covered. Yeah, and actually there's a, a commemoration in Wexford Town at the Wexford Arts Centre on the 4th of June. Okay. So there, do keep an eye open because there are still lots of events happening in June. Even here in Enniscorthy, we have a talk with the... Um, the French, uh, the ambassador of France to Ireland um, on the ideals of revolution, um, along with a couple of historians. Um, So that should be really interesting as well. So there's loads going on all around the county and just keep your eyes peeled. Look at visitwexford.ie and all the information should be there. Great stuff. So it'll make Enniscorthy particularly bustling. But as Miko said, it's happening around Wexford and visitwexford.ie forward slash rebellion is the best place to find out all the details. Miko, thanks a million for joining me this morning and to tell us more about those celebrations and commemorating the 225th anniversary of the 1798 rebellion. Thanks so much. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. With the Sunday morning here on Beat 102-103. Okay, let's talk movies with our very own Brian, who's on the phone yet again. It's been a long time since I've seen your face. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks, to be fair. Mm-hmm. You missing? I'm asking, an, I'm asking a, a fantastic tan. Oh, I'd say so. 
A farmer's I, tan, I, I presume. Look, I look fantastic. Until you take off your t-shirt and then you've got the farmer's tan of dreams. Have you? Or, uh, if if you're ever so lucky for me to take off my t-shirt, <laughs> you realise even more, even more fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> let's move on quickly. <laughs> uh, we've got an action movie this week. Um... The Fast and the Furious series. This is number 10. Hard to believe. Number 10. And Technically a... number 11. Why is that now? Because Hobbs and Shaw was a spin-off. But it's oh, still kind yes, of you reviewed that here. I remember that. Um, this yeah, is called like Fast X. It's just dawned on me Fast why it's X. called X. X being the Roman numeral for 10. <laughs> no, not a little no. kiss. Um, Vin Diesel, of course, is the man who drives this series. Started off almost as a. Oh, oh no, I didn't that mean that. No, I didn't mean it. That was a good one. No, I didn't mean it. So it's not a good one if you I, didn't mean it. Uh, oh. Let's do that again. This is the tenth chapter from the Vin <laughs> Diesel vehicle. Oh, even vehicle gets the puns in. Okay. Um, <laughs> of Fast and the Furious. Fast and the Furious to me, like, started off as almost. A B movie of souped up cars, kind of like an updated version of Greece's street racing se- scenes. Do you remember that from years and years ago? I don't massively yeah. get Fast and the Furious, so you're going to be the ha- person who explains the brilliance of it or not. Perhaps will we listen to the trailer? Yeah, okay. Cool. It's very heartfelt. The trailer. Oh yeah. I know that this road has been very hard, and yet here you are. Building this magnificent family. What's going on in that head of yours? Something little piece of it. Is it dead? They're not afraid of anything. But I am. I'm afraid of losing someone I love. Dominic Toretto. You're about to learn all about fear. Boom! You built such a beautiful life, filled with love and family. I never got that chance. You stole that from me. My future. My family. And now, I'm gonna break yours. There you go. That is the voice of Jason Momoa and, of course, Vin Diesel in there as well. And Michelle Rodriguez. Um, Ludacris back in this too. Yeah, is he? Am I right in saying that? Yeah, I, I just love... I, I want to see... I, I'm still enthralled by the fact that you compared Fast and Furious to the, the <laughs> racing scenes from Greece. And I, I think... Do you know what? You're you, not going to let that go. You nailed it more. Oh, good. Yeah, the, I'm delighted. The romance, the family, the, <laughs> the street racing... <laughs> It's, it You're the one that I want. Greece, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. There you it's go. Greece, yeah. It is Greece. So if you like Greece, you will yeah, enjoy you'll the like Fast this. Furious franchise. Can I name uh, all these people out, and will you tell me whether they're in them or at some stage they have been in a Fast and the Furious movie? Like Charlize Theron, is she in this? She is. Mm, okay, Jason Statham. He is in it also. Jason Momoa, who so we just he, heard, of course, is in it. John he's, Cena. He's, he's the main villain. John Cena, yeah, he's in it. Okay, all right. And then Vin Diesel, Michelle the, Rodriguez, and Ludacris. Love a bit of Ludacris. Yeah, there's some, there's some, honestly, that's like, this movie is the first movie I've seen in a while that just said, we're going to do cameos and just do too many of them. And it's fantastic. Like this movie, I have to preface Orla. Mm. It's so bad, and I loved every second of it. What makes it I bad it. then, Brian? It's just, it's so, like, it's so 
like I have to save my family because it's so like it's I feel like it's badly written. Okay. But it's so badly written it's kind of become a parody of itself. Like mm-hmm. Jason Momoa is essentially joking a lot in the movie about basically what people would say online about the Fast and Furious franchise. It's essentially become a parody of itself in a way. Mm. Like the stunts and... in it are just crazy. It's it's fantastic to watch. It's absolutely a popcorn for them through and through. Vin Diesel's a bit hammy, isn't he? He is, but it it's 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 fantastic. Like <laughs> everyone's saying that these movies are unbelievable. Like they were in space in the last one, or that they How? literally went into space okay. in a car. So you can't expect <laughs> much to stop, to stop a satellite from blowing okay, up. Okay, and plane. and that was just accepted by the audience, obviously. Yeah. Well, it's because in the previous movie before that they got a nuclear submarine at one stage to stop that from blowing up another place. Like, there's a scene in this movie where there's a bomb rolling through the streets of Rome and they have to use cars to stop the bomb from blowing up the Vatican. <laughs> the and Vatican, I love it. That's not even, that's like in the first half of the movie, Orla. That's not even one of the crazier things that happens in it. Okay, well, Vin it's, D- it's all about family as well, Vin Diesel, uh, oh, as, as usual. Not not necessarily your birth family, is it? It's his chosen family. No. They're, yeah, it's it's kind of everybody that they've met along the way as well. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's it's basically yeah. So basically, if anyone was a bad guy in one of the films, in the next film, he's part of the crew, ah. and then they, yeah, and then also there's so there's multiple characters in this movie that have died off in the franchise, but they are absolutely not dead in the franchise at all. Like they, it means nothing when a character dies because they just come back. That's what like it's in their memories, just, or no? It's just like oh, they escaped it; they didn't actually die. Whereas what? in another movie, their death is like the main reason why they do something. Yes, but that would it's be fantastic. the norm. No, I'm sorry, I'm very confused. So someone dies, and yet they're just back. They're just back. A couple of movies later, they're just back. So this is just the universe of Fast and the Furious. We're just expected to leave all realities at the door and presume they go into space and stop submarines and stuff like that. 100%. Wow. This just, is not just, for me, I'm afraid. Just, you never, like, it, it's, do you know the soap operas where it's like, it's just so unbelievable because it's been going on for so long. Mm-hmm. It's essentially that. Okay. And the twists are so silly. And like so, like some, like some things you're like surprised with, and some things you're like, this shouldn't be the what? This doesn't make sense. But you're here for this it. person. Is, this person died. This person died in the movies. They're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is like they they reference so that at the start the whole reference is to Fast and Furious Five, which I think is one of the best ones, if not potentially some people would argue the best one. Okay. And it's like this this high scene from that, which is class. It's really cool. Okay. And so they get Paul Walker to be in it because essentially it's, they do flashbacks of the characters. And it's nice that he, he can still be in it, but it's it's because they're going all over the place and because they're so hunted and because they need everyone, because he's still alive in, in the universe, it makes less and less sense that he wouldn't be involved in it. He's like, okay, he's safe, but he's hiding. It's like everyone just accepts it. I mean, everyone just accepts it because they're like, he's he's forever going to be alive in the Fast and Furious franchise which I think is very sweet it is very but, sweet actually and they've obviously I decided just, on that oh yeah early no, he on is. Like, yeah. so so 
Paul Walker in real life may have died, but Brian O'Connor, the character, is still alive. Okay, like, and I saw even in the trailer there was clips back from the old movies that he was in. Yeah, so, yeah. that's the one that from Fast and Furious Five. So okay. yeah, it's 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 a nice like it's a crazy crazy movie. It's mm. Jason Momoa wants to get a revenge for what happened in Fast and Furious Five, and there's I I cannot tell you how many twists there are in this movie. Okay, it's, all right. I I just don't think I can leave my my belief in the plot lines of movies at at the door. Yeah, honestly, this is one of those movies where you can absolutely watch it without having seen anything. And it's the make Sunday no Grill because Beat. of all the characters and stuff. And you've seen most of the movie, all of the movies, and still it doesn't make full sense. But you you get your mind around it eventually. Honestly, I had an absolute blast. I think they're making the the final movies into like a, a trilogy. And I cannot wait. I'll be there day one for the next one. And there I love go. it. I love it so much, Orla. And I don't care who knows it. All right. Good to know, Brian. That is the word on the street from Brian for Fast X. That is the 10th in the Fast and the Furious series. And this year as well is the 10th anniversary of Paul Walker's death. And as you is said, 10 years, already? 10 years in uh, September. And they mark him in every single movie. And talk about him yeah. a huge amount as well. Don't they? Vin Diesel brings him up they in do. most. Yeah. They reference his character a lot, and he's like a person that's always in. Like they, like they've, like their characters would regularly meet them and stuff. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's I it's very very sweet way of it being done. To be fair, okay, good stuff. Let's black pudding, fast X, please. I'll give it like a seven. Okay, and you but enjoyed it. it. You had a laugh. I loved it. That's I had all a that great matters. Time. The amount okay. of time that I went, this doesn't make sense. I loved it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or something would happen and they'd say something really dramatic and you're like, what is going on here? Why? Is Sometimes you need a movie like that, I don't you? It. Yeah, it doesn't take 100%. itself too seriously. Good stuff. No, it, it really doesn't. Good stuff. Seven Black Puddings out of ten for Fast X. It's in cinemas as we speak. Thanks a million, Brian. No problem at all, Orla. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103.